Seinfeld was hanging out at the bar, looked through the window, sees that I'm performing to nobody. You were so good, but I didn't recognize any of your jokes. <laughs> Excuse me. Can I quit this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> I told Eddie Murphy to stay in college so he'd have something to fall back on. <laughs> I did great advice. <laughs> Jackie, how about the lighter side of history? The lighter oh, side. I'm done laughing at my joke. Okay. I know a lot of things and I share them on the podcast and you don't care. What are we talking about? With <laughs> I can't get a word in edgewise <laughs> on this show. I mean, it's. Here's how we sell it. Okay. My friend Red <laughs> worked with my band, but he didn't really. He, we never paid him, but I couldn't pay him because there was not one thing he did that I didn't have to redo. <laughs> he set up an amplifier, a microphone, a sound system. I had to check everything and usually redo it. So that's not really helping me. <laughs> and then he got hired at the Eastside Comedy Club and he worked the door for a while. Do you know the story of that? He's working yes. the door, and you know about the $20 bill? Do it. So he worked, so he's a hustler. So he would tell people, you know, if you'd like a really good seat, to, <laughs> you know, and people would get the idea pretty quick and they'd, they'd hand him a 20 and they'd get a good seat. So the word got back to Richie Minervini, the owner. So Richie took a 20 and. <laughs> gave it to one of his friends, and his friend came in, and, and Red said, would you like a good seat? And, oh, yeah, well, I could probably help you out. So the guy gave him the 20, and then after the guy sat down, Richie said, Red, step outside, and they stepped outside. And he said, uh, are you shaking people down for tips? And he goes, no, of course not. <laughs> take out your wallet. And Red took out his wallet and said, take, take out the last 20 you put in your wallet. And on the 20 it said, you're fired. <laughs> but so meanwhile, that's, and then he went away to Florida and he wound up in Florida. And then I spoke to him like a couple years later and he was working as a cashier in an all night gas station. And I said, what are you up to, Red? He says, well, I'm working as a cashier in an all night gas station. You know this business we're in. <laughs> in the course of uh, being pals, me and Peter try not to talk to each other too much because it'll waste what's on the, on the show here, which we hope is interesting. But we stumbled across something. We unearthed something that I didn't know about him. He didn't know about me. And that's old New York history. Yes. Uh, I, I don't know. Who introduced what to who? You showed me a story about Martling's Tavern. Right, right. Which proves a number of things. Uh, you've really got serious alcoholism in your DNA and in your blood. It, you know, <laughs> it, was, it was booze and then politics, you know. And it was an early place where local politicians formed and got their act together and started to establish Tammany Hall, which now, was wait, the- Now, a question I didn't ask, because yes. I wanted to wait till now. When I told you that, 
and you knew about Tammany Hall and had studied that era, had you heard the term Martling's I Tavern? I had before? heard of Martling's Tavern, yes. It was a place, you would have loved it. There was complete and utter debauchery there. <laughs> uh, lots that of drinking. Was, that, was, that was, the but back room of Martling's Tavern was called the Long Room. Right. And, and it was, that was the first Tammany Hall. Right, and the Long Room was named after the way Native Americans had these long, the Iroquois Nation had these long houses that they lived in. It's uh, much more so than the so-called wigwam that you would see. Right, and, and the uh, <laughs> on television, and you know, and there was sachems, and there was a whole. And, and thing. they patterned all of their rituals after Native American rituals, like the leaders of Tammany Hall were called sachems. Absolutely, right, right. and it's it was so interesting, and they were called uh, the Martling Band, and they were all drunks and crazy, and but pop, and but it was politics too. And then they they built their own place. And they, yes. there's a big there's a whole a couple pages in in a book that I have where the day when they took everything and they marched from Martling's Long Room to the brand new that that's the picture I brought for you. Like oh, I love it. I love it. That's and what's so great is it says Martling's on the front. Like you could what Jackie put that there himself. No, no, Martling. That, and that's and, your and blood. That's right, in your blood. And over on the right is the actual hall. Well, what happened was, Johann Martling came to, to Staten Island in 1675, and he had, I think, Peter, and Peter had a bunch of kids. And then Peter had Peter, and Peter had Benjamin, Benjamin, and that, that was my whole line. But we're So that line off. sounds Dutch. Oh, absolutely Dutch. And one of Peter's kids was Abraham, and Peter had Abraham, who also had a son named Abraham, there might have been three of them, but Abraham was a, one of them was a blacksmith, and he had a, he was Brom. The nickname okay. for Abraham was Brom, uh -huh. and he had a son named Abraham, and he called him Bones. And Abraham Martling was good friends with Washington Irving, and so Brom Bones in The Legend of Sleepy Hollow is based on my answer. I love it, I love it. It's, and, but that's, that's actually in the Google. Which is, which is really crazy, but then I, I don't know, I think that was after he had the place, it was at the corner of Nassau and Spruce Street in Manhattan in the late, I think, 1780s. I, yes. you know, I, I gotta nail it down, but putting all the pieces together, there's a really good chance. There was a whole thing where they were against Clinton, but they were for Aaron Burr and, you know, the different factions that a party would go DeWitt this Clinton, way. the governor. Right. Okay, uh, now, this is, this is, well, but what? Let me just finish A this. lineage, There's wow. There's a really good chance that after Burr shot Hamilton, they came back and oh. partied at Marling's Tavern, which is, <laughs> which is, you know, not something I want to hang from the chandelier, but, uh, you know, wow. you think it's so crazy love it. in such a small world. But back then, it really was a small world. There were 12 people, there were 12 million, you know right. what I mean? That was a place where politicians got together to make their bonds, to decide what they were doing, to do good works, and also to get in what they used to call back in those days, 
honest graft. They thought they, would, they should get their cut. And that is part of American history for centuries. Right. Everybody wet their beak and, and just always did. But know? that's such great that you, you know your Dutch roots. I have waspy white Anglo-Saxon American roots. Jackie, you're not going to believe this. My mother's family came over to this country, and it wasn't even a country yet, on the second ship after the Mayflower, the Anne. And we have a family Bible in our possession to this day, copied over many times. I was scared you were going to say you have a Polaroid photo. <laughs> I, I, have a, I have a Polaroid, Polaroid photo of it. Um, and I can prove to you that my great-great-great-great-great-whatever-grandfather, in approximately the year 1630, was the first person in this land that will one day become the United States of America to be arrested for public drunkenness. Ah, uh, that's wonderful. And I'm very proud that in my <coughs> senior year of college, I was able to achieve a similar destiny and, and, and unite myself forever with my illustrious ancestors. Is that written, that's like written in the down. family Bible? And yes. The, and you know and who on Friday night, uh, Charlie was... Uh, yeah, yeah our, our family name that goes back that far, uh, Du Bois, okay, and uh, he, you know who took him uh, into custody? Ye arm of the law. That's the language they spoke back then. It's I, people, everybody, it's exciting to research your roots. It just is. It's exciting to research. In old it, New York, there, right. was a, there was a tavern for every 17 people. I, right. I mean, it was a tavern house, tavern, you know, it, it was a free-for-all. Yeah, it was almost like Huntington, Long Island. <laughs> you know. <laughs> the most bars on Long Island, Huntington, New York. Research, in the, the, it was printed up in the old Huguenot Times in like 1930, and I have a copy of this. Uh, our pioneer, Johann Martling, and he was given like uh, 40 acres, I should have read this again before I came, but he was given like 40 acres on Staten Island after, after the, uh, the English, had taken over, the English took over New York in, I think, 1675 yes. or something. And uh, right after that, he was given uh, this, this uh, plot of land on Staten Island. He was a, a land grantee from the king. And I thought, wow, he was somebody. But then you keep reading and find out right. he was the third person to be given the same parcel of land. Because the first two were wiped out by the Indians. <laughs> Literally wiped out by the Indians. But he, right. he made it through. Well, that's why they built Wall Street, to keep the Native Americans out. Which it's absolutely true. One of the great facts. When you read that, that's right. one of the great facts. And the Dutch that you're related to left their mark on New York City. Number one, tolerance. Okay, But most of all, Dutch names. Bronx, the Bronx is originally a Dutch name. Right, right. Brooklyn is originally a, du a Dutch name. We've all driven on Van Damme Street to try to get to the 59th Street Bridge. These references are all over New York. The Dutch were here. They brought us Easter eggs, the game of bowling, those ridiculous wooden shoes. You know, and the most <laughs> craziest thing they brought is they came to Jamestown for, the people came to Jamestown from England for religious tolerance, and they came to Massachusetts for religious tolerance, and the Dutch came to New York to make money, to get beaver pelts right, and sell right. them. It wasn't even the Dutch government. It, it was the in Dutch, that New, in that New York Dutch West India Company. Yep, you got it. New York was a, was a colony, or whatever, or, or a, a fiefdom, or whatever it was. New York existed for 17 years 
before they bothered to build a church. <laughs> which is just tells the that tale of it. And, and eventually they had the Dutch Reformed Church, but they didn't force other people to be in the Dutch Reformed Church like happened in New England. Actually, in Jamestown, a lot of those guys came to make money because they thought they were going to find gold, and they didn't find any gold in the swamps of Virginia. The Indians had all the good land, so the Jamestown settlers settled in the middle of a swamp. No one, and, the, and the first winter was called the starving time. Well, that'll give you an idea how, of how it went. Do you know the whole tale of the missing colony? Oh, the, the lost, missing colony lost of, colony of Roanoke. Roanoke. Yeah, right. like they, there was oh. a colony and we, we're going to go home and get some people and come back. And they went home and came, where'd everybody go? Yeah, it took them three years to get back instead of one. And the only sign that they had dropped settlers off on this island uh, off the coast of modern-day North Carolina was carved into the tree the word Roanoke, which nobody to this day knows what it means. I had they never were completely heard this story. gone. And w when I first met Paul Bernard, who's uh, Tom Bernard's brother, they're very big movie people. His wife, Paul's wife, was from there. And she said, well, you know, you know you're sitting around drinking in between. She says, well, did you ever hear the missing colony of Roanoke? And I'm like, oh, well, I'll listen to anything. And she started recounting that story. And it's like, it's quite a tale. And then as, the, as Google expands and you can go and look, you know, it tells you the whole tale, but it also I, tells you that they don't know anything. Well, you know? actually, there's an end to that story, or a pretty good end, I think. If you're an optimist, well, let's be, be a pessimist first. If you're a pessimist, you think they were attacked by the Native Americans and killed. If you're an optimist, some of them survived and were adopted by the Native Americans. And just assimilated. And just assimilated, and into the 1800s, I mean two centuries later, uh, a Native American woman in that area with a Native American husband would have four kids, and one of them would come out white, right. which is proof. I mean, that's that's proof right there. And that's, that's how it works that genetically. They, that's, yes, the Mendelian cross. Yes, et cetera, et exactly right. Yes, they were assimilated. They were not wiped out like some of the early textbooks used to say. And I'm sure. They could have wiped out half of them and right. kept the women, or you know, exactly. wiped out this these, but kept some of them. You know, it was I not hate to say, it, but almost like you know, the Nazis kept some of the Jews right. who worked, and some of them. That, you know, right. It that, was it was not a genti genteel time. Our founding. In fact, uh, have you ever stopped? To, can you imagine the the iron will that you had to have? <clears throat> Forget about getting on the boat and coming across the ocean in these tiny boats. We're coming to a place where there's nothing. I mean, they there was nothing. There was no Seven <laughs> Eleven. You had to really you hate had to where find you left. your food. <laughs> you had to hate where you left. And that's what makes us Americans to this day. Uh, we're so different from Europeans. Europeans, you know, centuries earlier, they were fencing in land. Don't hunt on the king's land. Uh, in America, if you saw somebody's chimney smoke, wow, they're too close. We got to move. And we had 3,000 miles to go. And it didn't matter on the frontier what your last name was or how much money you had. Can you build a cabin under Indian attack? Can you find food? Can you protect your Can family? Can you protect your family? Mm -hmm. That's what makes Americans hardworking, tough SOBs. And to this day, Americans work longer hours and take less vacations than Europeans do. We're different. We are profoundly different. We move a lot. Every, you know, I used, used to walk on the beach every day. And 
I don't know why I'd get in my head, but I'd be walking on the beach, and all I could think of was stagecoaches, you know, wagon trains going across the country, and there's no roads, and these old wooden wheels, like, how, and you know, w and women having babies, and it, it, it's, it's staggering, the thought of, of what they did, but. How tough it was. But that's what they did. That's what they did on these stagecoaches, weeks to get to Boston. We have to get up early if we have a show in Boston. Right, you know, that right. took them weeks. The yeah. Oregon Trail, months of hardship. In an age when they didn't understand what germs were. And a doctor, a doctor was also called bones, yeah, saw, saw bones. bones. Right. And in town, quite often, uh, the barber was also the doctor because he had the sharp tools you would need to amputate a leg that would, in, if you got a deep cut, it would get gangrene and they had to, and was, they didn't understand what was happening, but they knew they had to prevent that big infection in your leg to spreading. And anesthesia spread, was a mouthful They didn't have booze. it, yeah, and bite down on this bullet. Uh, but they, they didn't want the infection to spread to a vital organ, so they, and, and they're doing this up through the Civil War, they're, you know. Uh, deep cut, amputate. They, but they were saving a person's life by doing that because as Europe is discovering it first, uh, American doctors did not begin to figure out about germs, little things you can't see that cause infection until after the Civil War. And, like, and they were doubting Thomas's for a right. long time. Like, I, I don't know if I'm right. buying. Right, right, right. I asked my, doc my own doctor, what, what year do you think it actually helped you to go to the doctor in the United States? You're more likely to be helped than harmed. And he said probably the 1930s with the sulfa drugs and the with coming the, of the penicil break, penicillin. And the coming of uh, penicillin. You see it in uh, um, the great, great book and movie, All Quiet on the Western Front. If you go to the hospital, they're saying to you, you're dead. We're giving up. Enter we're at own risk. Yeah, and you're, we're, we're sending you to the hospital, and you're on your own. We've right. given up on you. Yeah, for the most, we're sending you to the hospital to die. Right. Kind of. Right. That's well, that, so true. this is certainly uplifting. <laughs> but I, you know, I love stories of old New York. No electricity. Nobody went out at night. You know, you know the, what's best for law enforcement? A light. You forget about that. A light outside. Well, when it's and completely dark. And what's best dark. for criminals? Yes. There's no lights. <laughs> There's no lights. What's That's the most so amazing totally about, true. about the world or the United States or whatever is the minute something's absorbed, it's it's. Part of everything, like like trying to remember when there weren't cell phones, <laughs> or remember when there weren't yeah. wasn't internet, or remember when there wasn't cable TV, or remember when there wasn't color TV. Like things get, you know, like I'm I was listening to this great podcast, and they're talking about how I don't know it was 1870, 1880, 18. All of a sudden, somebody came up with this incredible concept where they're going to put the voting box behind <laughs> the curtain. So everybody can't see who you're voting for. And right. Like, who would ever, you would think that, of course, that's, that's the way called, it always was. That's called the Australian ballot because that's where the idea came from. Yes, a private, they used to stand in a group. Who's, who's voting for uh, President Jackson? And everybody in a group, you know, think you're under pressure? Oh, boy. I love it. It's so crazy. Uh, you know, you know uh, this will you know, crack you up. Your dad was a volunteer firefighter, right? Okay. So in New York City, they were still using volunteer fire departments into the 1850s. And the volunteer fire departments got paid by the fire. So when there was a fire in New York, 
all the fire departments, the volunteer fire departments would hear about it and go rushing to the fire. It was competition. And then, and then the fire's going, who's gonna put out the fire? They would get into a fight over who's gonna put out the fire while the, the, building, fire. the building burned down. Uh, you know, when I first heard about that and saw that. <laughs> so but, crazy. You know, not to finagle a joke into this, but I do cameo.com. Yes. And I do a bunch of jokes. Yeah. You know, if you say, uh, wish my mother a happy birthday, she loves jokes about poop, and she's got two obnoxious grandchildren, and I try and do a joke about these things. So I was doing one the other day, and I live in Bayville, and I'm doing a podcast. I, I mean, I'm doing a cameo, and it's noon. And I'm almost at the end. I do like two or three minutes with somebody, uh -huh. and all of a sudden, in the middle of it, it's 12 o'clock. The 12 o'clock <laughs> whistle goes off, and I go, I got, I got to end this. Uh, I'm not a fireman, but my girlfriend's husband is, which is a great joke. And, 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 <laughs> and I'm sure they thought Jackie tunned it so the fire alarm would go off, and it just was spontaneous, you know. Hey, a new episode of Stand Up Memories every Wednesday. How exciting is that? Starring me, Peter Bales, and right here, Jackie the Joke Man Marlin. Please follow us on social media. Search it out. What is it? MeSpace? MySpace? Your space? TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. Duda, Duda. <laughs> <laughs>